acts of the blood god. <laughs> Welcome to another episode of Axe the Blood God, U.S. Gamer's official RPG podcast. I'm your host, Kat Bailey. With me today, as always, is my lovely co-host, Nadia Oxford. Hello, everybody. And as always, we talk about RPGs big and small, Western, Eastern. We love them all. They're all amazing. And uh, today we don't have... We've got kind of a smattering of RPGs to cover once again because there's not a ton coming out. It's May. It's kind of the dead period etc. But uh, we got some RPG news. We're going to be picking up Chrono Trigger Report, which I've Hooray. been playing again. I'm not quite done with it, but I'm getting pretty darn close. <laughs> I got the Chrono Doll. Oh, oh! Yes. just thinking about that makes my heart break, but we'll get to that. I got the Chrono Clone and everything. We're going to do some listener responses and listener questions. So. so it's a good time for house cleaning. So that's not so bad. Yes, it's a good time for house cleaning and you know, I I can kind of feel E3 just kind of bearing down on me at the moment. So mm, yep. I suspect that we're going to have a lot more to talk about after E3, or at least I hope so. Yeah, yeah. I'm really hoping for a fruitful RPG period, uh, preferably with tons of Dragon Quest on the Switch. Localized, please. Though that does make me realize that we may actually be in for a pretty barren fall in terms of RPGs. Mm, that's true. They usually have long development cycles, and well, I don't think Final Fantasy VII remake is coming anytime soon, <laughs> or Kingdom but, Hearts three. Yeah, I, I, we're not really going to get anything from the kind of the usual suspects. Like mm-hmm. BioWare released their game earlier this year, and it was a disappointment. Mm-hmm. And uh, it, it's hard to imagine Bethesda putting anything out RPG related, but yeah. uh, I guess they could surprise me. But it feels like it's going to be an off year for them while they work on Skyrim 2, the Skyriming. <laughs> Skyrim Revival Revival. Yes, exactly. Plus so, 10. I wouldn't mind if they made more content for Fallout 4, to be perfectly honest, which, by the way, is free on Steam this weekend. Um, it is. But I honestly have no idea what they're going to be doing this fall. Like They're, they're set to reveal some stuff. I, I think they're going to do another Wolfenstein, maybe. Mm-hmm. Really, but that might be the highlight of their RPG catalog. And then, meanwhile, uh, Bioware is kind of doing their own thing. They got some new IP that they're working on, but it's yeah. like a, a multiplayer game or something. Square Enix is kind of off the grid. The The Witcher Three guys, CD Projekt Red, they're working on Gwent. Mm-hmm. So the biggest RPG this fall might be Divinity Original Sin Two. Yay! <laughs> I never played the original, but here it was great. Yeah, I mean, last fall we got, I mean, uh, we, we'll get Pillars of Eternity 2, Deadfire. Mm-hmm. So, like, can we, I, I just kind of wish things were a little better paced. We seem to be really going, like, all or nothing here. Yeah, like, it's either a giant glut of RPGs, it's like, oh, God, I can't keep up. But the, the, These that, developers are not being very considerate of our needs here. <laughs> Come on, people. I mean, we had, like, a, a whole bunch of games, like, right in a row, right? That were yeah. gigantic games that we could all cover here on the podcast. We had Horizon Zero Dawn. We had Zelda Breath of the Wild. We had um, Mass Effect Andromeda. And, of course, we had Persona 5 and Nier Automata. Yeah. So, like, bam, 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 bam. Those all came out in one giant period. It was impossible to keep up with them. And then nothing. Womp <laughs> <laughs> The good news is that it gives me a little bit of time to catch up on those games. 
Yeah, um, I'm still going through Persona 4 and 5, and um, Breath of the Wild, really, I'm still taking my time on that. I've decided I'm going to finish all the shrines before I finish the game. I guess the people who live in the real world um, are going to be like, yeah, well, I got a lot of games to play now, so I, I don't have, I'm not particularly concerned about what's coming out this fall. But. Yeah, basically. Well, one game we will not be talking about this fall is Final Fantasy VII Remake, which <sighs> we saw a news story that went up on US Gamer earlier today, today being Thursday, as we record this podcast, titled Final Fantasy VII Remake is moving forward. Square Enix is recruiting urgently. <laughs> uh, so Square Enix's Business Division 1 put out a public jobs call urging recruiting for the project. Three of the top developers on the project, Kitase, Nomura, and Hamaguchi, all put out personal statements to get people interested in applying for the project. For this project, we aim to surpass the original work in terms of quality, said Kitase. To do this, he says that the Final Fantasy Seven remake team will increase the number of staff to strengthen the core company development as business one division one heads into the development progress phase so i I mean it seems like they're ramping up a lot yeah Uh, um matt who is our news editor was suggesting that it might that might mean that it's a long ways away um i could see that as them saying no, we're piling on a lot of developers to try and get this thing out this year. Yeah, if I'm not mistaken, uh, the original Final Fantasy VII, they piled on a ton of developers towards the end to kind of get it out the door. Or someone maybe received an ultimatum, you know what I mean? <laughs> mm-hmm. Get this shit done, or uh, we're going to have a talk. This is pretty common practice, actually, where you'll see, uh, for example, when it came to Halo 4... Um, the in the stretch run leading up to that game's release, like they literally put out a call throughout mm-hmm. the entirety of the Microsoft Game Studios network, mm-hmm. and we're basically like, "Come here, we'll put you up, and you're gonna work for like two months on this game so we can get it out." Mm, crunch time, baby. Yeah, exactly. Like they just reinforced heavily. So, uh, like I said, like maybe like all the planning and everything is done. Now they just got to freaking make it. Yeah, and again, this is the first episode out of I forget how many they have planned, if they even said how many they have planned. But, um, yeah, I'd like to see this before I die. That'd be nice. <laughs> or my grandchildren I, die or whatever. If it doesn't come out this year, it's a real disappointment because, mm-hmm. I mean, it's the 20th anniversary of Final Fantasy VII. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, it's just so natural for it to come out in August or whatever, like right on time for the anniversary. But it seems like, if I were to guess, I would say early 2018, maybe spring. Yeah, that's uh, that's my safest bet. Yeah, but I mean, we haven't seen like any of it. Uh, if I were, if I, if I were a betting lady, I would say <laughs> you're too ladylike for that, Cass. If I were a betting lady, I would say that Sony is going to put out some kind of new trailer. Yeah, I'm expecting something at E3. If there's nothing there, then I I don't even know what to think. On the flip side, um, I personally, on my end, have not seen anything to indicate Mm -hmm. that Final Fantasy VII Remake will be shown at all at E3. Uh, There there have been no indications from what I've been able to see. So, I mean, we'll see. (laughs) We certainly will. That's for certain. Um, I would love to see it, but who knows how how long has it been since that that trailer reveal that was 2015 oh lordy so it's been <laughs> two years since they officially revealed a 
episodic remake. Mm-hmm. And we have not even seen, we've barely seen a hide nor hair of Final Fantasy VII Remake Episode One, let alone yeah. anything else. Like we've seen what almost looked like a prototype. Yeah, of... and, and what we have seen was just the bombing mission from the very opening of the game. Yeah, exactly. It doesn't even it looks it doesn't even look final. It looks like a mock up. Mm-hmm. Like when they put out that stuff that they put out at PSX 2015. Like I think that was like pretty much the last thing. And then like they had the big anniversary event, and they're like, "Here's some key art." <laughs> thank you <laughs> you're like wow okay thank you awesome oh this instills confidence in me Ugh. it's terrible but in the meantime i mean i i guess we're getting a final fantasy 14 expansion final fantasy 15 continues to be supported but i digress um next piece of news uh, nadia I, i'm gonna guess that you probably missed dragon's dogma when it came out back in like 2012, I want to say. Yeah, I didn't get a chance to play it. Although I do have some friends who are really who were really into it, um, and it's coming back in in some regard, isn't it? Yes, it is. It's Dragon's Dogma: Dark Arisen, which was kind of a tweaked and updated port uh, for that was released for the PC, mm-hmm. is getting uh, mo- is moving over to the PS4 and the Xbox One. Oh, that's handy. Yes, it is. Uh, Dragon's Dogma is always such a funny case for me because uh, there was no indication to me that this game was going to become kind of like this cult hit. Mm-hmm, it was. So just to lay the groundwork, like came in 2011, Capcom is promoting this thing. Mm-hmm. Right? I remember D3 seeing it. Yes. It looks horrible. Yeah. It didn't like, look very good. The prototypes, the mock-ups, everything suggests that it's just going to be super low budget, like it's it's ugly like what the heck is capcom doing i have a very clear memory of going to uh a capcom event and they were showing like asura's wrath i, I think that was a mm-hmm. big one they're showing street fighter cross tekken oh yeah they're showing resident evil umbrella chronicles that was a real ugly time just ugly <laughs> everything looked ugly that year Osiris uh, Wrath looked awesome. That did, yeah, but like everything else just kind of like, uh, pass. But who knew that Dragon's Dogma would be the best thing there? Yeah, and apparently it was. Like I said, I never played it, but uh, I've heard nothing but good things about it. The funny thing was, everybody else was on all of the other games. <laughs> everybody was so ignoring Dragon's Dogma that I felt really bad for it. Uh-huh. Aww. Like, they did a big presentation on it, and everybody was kind of checked out, and they're like, yeah, yeah, whatever. Because 2012, maybe this was about when Japan started to come out of the dark period that mm-hmm. was kind of circa 2006 to 2000, I want to say, 11 or so. Yeah. Like, that five-year, like, nadir, where they just could not grapple mm-hmm. with uh, the PS3 and the Xbox 360. So they're coming out of that. But people were still in this mindset of, oh, Japanese games suck. Man, 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 man. <laughs> That's exactly how they sounded. Everybody completely ignored Dragon's Dogma. And then the next year, I got a preview build that I covered for OXM, and it was awesome. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was so, like, it was so cool. I loved the monsters. I loved the scale of them and everything. Mm-hmm. I loved hanging on to them, <laughs> uh, grabbing onto them. They, they felt real. They had weight to them. Yeah. And they were fun to fight. Yeah, it's definitely, uh, I should probably give it a try. It seems like it's just a fun, un- unhinged fun game. Oh, yeah. 
unhinged is a good word for it. Because <laughs> it looked like it never took itself very seriously. Oh, no. The soundtrack... I remember the soundtrack being like, what the heck is even going on with this soundtrack? It, <laughs> was it like I, Wacky Land Rubber Band? <laughs> no, it was like J-Poppy. But at least oh, that sweet. was how I recalled it. But I went back and like was listening to it. And I was like, oh, no, this sounds like standard, standard fantasy fair. Like, why do I remember like some kind of J-Pop <laughs> themes in there? That's great. But That's there, are, I, I know that the ending is pretty bonkers. So in, could... in any case, like, I, I think this is an audio game. Yeah, it definitely sounds like it. Um, I will definitely. I, I think I will give it a try because it. Sometimes I just kind of dive into a game and, and am surprised to come away with how much I liked it. But your your story about how you were the only one who who checked in on the game just reminded me of the time I was, you know, the the, the schlub freelancer for One Up two thousand six E three, and I was sent to go look at some know nothing game called The Witcher. No, oh. <laughs> the original Witcher, the very first Witcher. And uh, I've told the story before about how the guys at the booth are just big sweethearts, and um, they were showing the uh, like the magic system, and Geralt incinerated some enemy, and he's just running around the the, the screen screaming his head off, and the guy who's showing the game's just like, oh oh yeah, soon he will die. <laughs> uh, the E3 back in those days were like you had outlets like GameSpot and IGN and OneUp that went for pure scale and were covering literally everything mm-hmm. during the show mm-hmm. and being like kind of first timers in the industry. Like we come in and they're like, "All right, go cover this game that nobody cares about." <laughs> And you're like trying to write about it, and you're like, "Oh yeah, it looks pretty cool, I guess." It's I a don't game. Know. The buttons work. I pressed the buttons, and something happened. A plus. And now, uh, now, like the number of games being shown has increased exponentially because you have indie game developers mm-hmm. and like little developers you've never heard of, and everything showing their their games. But uh, meanwhile, pu- meanwhile, the websites themselves, unless they're IGN or Gamespot, have actually shrunk considerably yeah. and have to be much more targeted in the way that they approach a game even a like even a even a site like waypoint which has kind of the the resources and the money of like vice behind it like even they only have like five or six people mm-hmm. on staff and they're not going to send everybody to e3 or maybe they will i don't know they but, might but uh, they might but that's still not enough to cover literally everything no it's a, it's an expensive time and, uh, yeah, a lot of stuff gets overlooked. It's kind of sad. But in terms of Dragon's Dogma, it, it it came out when it came out in 2012, like, it quickly picked up a cult audience mm-hmm. because it was just a lot of fun to play, you know? Mm-hmm. And, like, you could, you could fault it for kind of taking too many elements and not doing any of them particularly well. <laughs> like, it garnered... It garnered comparisons to Dark Souls because of the kind of the art style, but it, it really wasn't that much like Dark Souls, and like the combat wasn't nearly as refined. Mm-hmm. It kind of looked like Monster Hunter a little bit, yeah. But you know, the monster combat was nearly as technical or quite as interesting as Monster Hunter. Mm-hmm. Um, Shadows it has a little bit of Shadows Colossus hanging on to the yeah. the monsters, but still, eh, so it's like you you could say that it tried to do a little too much, but it, on the flip side, I loved the atmosphere. I, I liked the look of the game. Mm-hmm. It had this kind of almost classic D&D dungeon crawler kind of look to the monsters. 
um it, it was fun and you had these pawns that were like these randomly generated ai characters that you yeah i remember that over time and everything and, and they were fun because they had a lot to your party even though they said like boring stuff like <laughs> you know like a staircase is a path in its own right you, you don't okay, freaking say thank you <laughs> yes, okay. they're constantly just throwing out these bizarre platitudes you're know, like well, why do i care so. i'll kick you down a staircase if you don't shut up but if you missed out on Dragon's Dogma the first time, when this game comes out, you should absolutely pick it up because Dragon's Dogma, it's good stuff. It gets the oh. Blood God seal approval. When's it coming to uh, consoles? That is an excellent question. Maybe I should look at the actual <laughs> story. I'm sure that it would tell me, and I'm totally delaying as I scroll back and forth on the website <laughs> looking for the argument. I have no idea. I'm going to say fall. Oh, that makes sense. Yeah, that uh, that kind of makes sense, but... In any case, yeah, please look forward to it whenever it comes out. Please look forward to it. I might even just grab it for PC. My PC could probably handle it. Oh, yeah, no. Really? You think so? I mean, how old is I, your PC? Well, it's a it's a newish laptop, but it ha- it's, like, meant for gaming. I mean, it's not exactly a gaming rig, but it can handle things. It can handle things. Things. I give my husband is already mad enough that I take up the TV with Persona 5 all day, so... Oh, do you? Yes. Pretty much. That's why I want it on the Switch. Mmm. Me too. That'd be nice. Uh, that's going to be a topic that I'm going to get to in a little bit. But All right. Last piece of gaming news. Divinity Original Sin 2 officially exits early access in September. If you missed out on Divinity Original Sin 1, Which I it did. was a game that garnered a great amount of praise. Mm-hmm. It's a turn-based kind of top-down isometric RPG. It's not like in the style of like Baldur's Gate. You actually have turns. Um, and you one of the key elements of the combat system in this game is that you have basically two people in your party. It can be a co-op RPG, so we could totally play it together, Nadia. Oh, that'd be fun. I'd totally screw everything up. Cat would be doing all the strategizing, and I'd be swinging a stick over here or running <laughs> after a cat. That seems like a good Blood God stream. It does. But um basically you uh you you combine spells to mm-hmm. create different effects oh that's so, cool like chrono trigger almost yes um and and there's a great degree of role playing um mm-hmm. divinity original sin 2 will introduce a greater array of characters and backgrounds and that sort of thing and they've really gone into detail um with how much your characters and backgrounds will affect the various conversations and that sort of thing. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, I, I think that's pretty cool. I, I always like that when they go the extra mile in terms of uh, the role-playing and how your characters all pan out and that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. So, And also, they have a big DM mode, which Katie went and tried out not too long ago. Oh, that's right. Yeah, I remember that. Yes, exactly. So uh, I, I have not seen much of the DM mode, and this is honestly not the first time that we've seen a DM mode in an RPG, but... Mm-hmm. It's regardless, kind of rad that it's there. I, yeah, it, it, I love it when RPGs kind of go back to their tabletop roots in that regard. My uh, see, I've only played a little bit of tabletop RPGs, but my husband once made a DM quit because <laughs> because he was asked to describe your character. Describe your character, and my husband said um, he's a dragon slayer. And the DM <laughs> said, "Well, what do you do?" And he's like, "I slay dragons." And <laughs> the DM just closed the book. That's it. I'm out. Uh, my most successful character ever was a character who was from Shadowrun, and she had a 
she had a bionic arm for some reason because i and she was like a private investigator and she was living in seattle and she (laughs) had a giant great dane oh nice um and she really liked whiskey sours (laughs) (laughs) and we had these moments where like uh, there was one point where, like, we were on a mission. Like, we were such a band of F-ups. Like, <laughs> there was one time we were on this mission, and we totally screwed everything up, and everybody was, like, down for the count except for me. And I was carrying everybody out to the car. <laughs> and I sat down, and they were like, you don't know how to drive. <laughs> and I'm like... Ah, crap. I'll learn real quick. (laughs) I couldn't actually roll. So what you had to do is you had to burn a stack called edge. You had to permanently reduce it because Mm -hmm. edge is like basically your critical hit. Like you roll it, you Mm -hmm. add to it to be able to make rolls that you really need. Mm -hmm. And so you're like, I want to use edge because I really need to make this roll. But you can permanently burn edge to increase a stat or something. Mm -hmm. And so I permanently burned a point of edge to be able to drive away (laughs) and get everybody to safety. But then I get back to my apartment and I'm like, oh, it's time to see my dog. And they're like, the DM's like, did you feed your dog? And I'm like, no, I didn't leave food out. And they're like, oh, your dog's dead because it's been a few days. I'm like, no. That's terrible. What a cruel DM. But then they were like, no, 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 the the dogs, the dog, the, the dog's there. He He's lying on his side. He's like, like very <laughs> sick and everything. You Aww. can, you can rescue the dog. And I'm like, oh, thank thankfully he didn't let me he didn't make me burn another point of edge to save the dumb dog (laughs) i thought the dog came with you i was going to ask you did you remember the dog did he carry out the dog no the dog should have been like part of it like scooby-doo like that that would have been perfect because i mean we were we really were a band of like f-ups so (laughs) zoinks let's get out of here scoop zoinks Ah. (laughs) (laughs) uh so yeah long story short um that's my tabletop experience. <laughs> <I should laughs> Buy Divinity Original Sin 2. <laughs> Don't forget to feed your dog. All right. Nadia, um, I, th- I think it's time to do another Chrono Trigger report, and unfortunately I don't have a snappy drop for this one. Uh, it's been a long time since we last revisited, but the last time we checked in, I was still in the Ocean Palace. That's right. Well, I am no longer in the Ocean Palace. Yeah, if I'm not mistaken, you were like, why does everyone like this palace so much? And I said, have you gotten to the end of the palace yet? And I, you said no, and I said, oh, okay, just wait. And uh, something happened, didn't it? Okay, well, so here's what happened. Um, I loaded up my game and went, oh, okay, where am I? Oh, there's some stairs. I will go up the stairs. And then quickly I realized that I shouldn't be going up the stairs. I should actually be exiting the area. So that's the funny thing about loading up RPGs. Like you're mm-hmm. going, where am I? Who am I? What are the, all these skills? What does all this stuff do? <laughs> like, what? Do, why do I have all this gear? What do I do with these stats? I had everything set up. What do I do? Um, so I had a prehistoric cave girl, Ayla. And I had Robo, and I had Chrono, and I start moving forward, and I run into Dalton, who Mm. sends two golems at me, who immediately kill me. Yeah, they're a pain in the freaking ass. So, basically, what happens is, these two golems, like, they go, like, first, because they're really fast, and Mm -hmm. they drop 
these iron balls on you that have your M your uh, HP. Yeah. And you're like, okay, great. And then they do attacks that further took take like another 300 damage off you. So you're down to like 10 HP like immediately. Yeah, if I'm not mistaken, uh, their attacks depend on what you use against them. Like they retaliate accordingly. And the physical yeah. attacks really hurt. Yes, but so they start out with the physical attacks. And you're like, damn it. So it took me a whole bunch of time like workshopping different solutions and the problem was that Ayla was dying too fast like mm-hmm. she would go down and then my party would be like completely screwed and I wouldn't be able to do anything mm-hmm. and I looked online like how the heck do I beat these guys and they were like go and get these elemental vests and do the thing with the Luca <laughs> and like lock them into like fire and then you'll be fine I'm like oh, okay well I have a ruby vest I don't have any of these other vests and unfortunately Luca is like super low level for me because I never use her mm-hmm. so I was like okay do I have to grind but no eventually I found a solution okay so the solution was I kept my party composition I gave a silver earring to um Ayla mm-hmm. the cave gal and sh- that dramatically increased her HP uh to about 800 HP or so uh-huh and so that allowed her to survive the initial salvos good and then from that point I gave everybody I I had Chrono use a um lightning 2 or thunder 2 mhm and so now they're using lightning attacks, which do considerably less damage, yes. though they hit the entire party twice. Yes. Kind of on the regular. And then I used these uh, spell capsules. <laughs> <laughs> I used these spell capsules to halve MP or uh, dam- <laughs> magic damage by a third. <laughs> Sorry, my cat Cat's is having cat pain. problems. <laughs> um. That that reduces magic damage by a th- like by a third. So mm-hmm. I'm now like I do that to my entire party, and now they're doing considerably less damage. And then I'm having Robo heal everybody mm-hmm. each turn, like that Robo can. And I'm having um, Ayla do Thunder Jaw or Thunder Break, yeah, or something the, the like bite. that. The bite, I remember that. Yeah, the Thunder Bite, which is a dual tech, and so. Chrono grabs her and like throws her into one of them, and that does like two thousand damage, mm-hmm. something on that order. Uh, so it's doing a fair amount of damage. And so basically, at that point, I was able to heal more than they were able to do damage right. in terms of lightning, and I was able to just slowly grind them down. And happily, when they die, they do a big burst of magic damage to the entire party. But happily, I was able to survive it without any real problem so when I, when I think back to it that's a real that's a bit of a troll fight because the first time you go up against a golem uh you can win the battle but uh you're probably not going to so you see two of the bloody things and you're like oh this is another one that i was set up to fail and they defeat you and you see that game over and you're like oh oh dear this is one of those isn't it yes i remember that battle i think i remember asking you if i could win that fight because yeah. I remember going down and thinking, oh, man, I really screwed that up. Am I going to always go to jail? I don't know. So It doesn't matter. If uh, if the golem, uh, if you beat the golem, then Dalton just says, hey, that wasn't nice and, and kind of like freezes you. So you go to jail either way. So, okay. So I, I kill them and I'm chasing Dalton. And now I'm seeing uh, the big, I suppose, ritual um, around yeah. Lavos. 
And then Magus shows up. And mm. Magus is all like, oh, Lavos, I'm finally <laughs> going to take you down. It's been a long time. We've been we've been at this for a long time. I've come from another time, but I'm going to kill you, Lavos. Dar. And then we get a big reveal that, hey, Magus was trying to kill Lavos the whole time. And he had... He was doing a a big ritual mm-hmm. to kill Lavos when you interrupted him like jerks. <laughs> yeah, that was a bit of a twist right there. What a twist. What a twist. So I was like, oh, well, crap. Okay. Um, so it turned out that like when they were doing the original, like there were some kind of rituals going on and everybody got sent through time. Mm-hmm. And so like the guy who was at the end of time was like one of the sages from there. And like a young kid got sent into the future, which was the medieval era mm-hmm. and got a dot and ended up in the army of the demon Lord or whatever. Um, yeah. In the original, which I think, I think they just called it Magus's army, but I think they actually gave it a name in the, uh, the DS remake. Yes. And so he, Became, he convinced them that he was like this powerful oracle, but meanwhile, he's all scheming to beat Lavos. It's like mm-hmm. he summoned Lavos so he can beat Lavos. Yes. But he summoned Lavos and got thwarted, and Lavos is back. Whoops. <laughs> Whoopsie doopsie. Yeah. Good job, Magus. You screwed everything up. And then I guess, do that. You could, I guess you could kill him. But That's, I decided yeah, yeah. to recruit him. Okay, so you did recruit him. But yeah, you can kill him. I can't remember if you get anything for killing him. Oh, you get a one of the endings you get can be altered slightly if uh, you kill him. I think, but other than that, I don't think you get anything for killing him. He, he's definitely more of more value alive than dead. Um, but yeah. So I speaking but this of dead was after, but this was after the blackbird thing. So mm-hmm. like, I got I, I was like Dalton shows up and is like, haha, now I am king <laughs> and I'm on the blackbird. I'm gonna take the epoch, but now it's called like Dalton's. Like Imperial Glider of something Doom like that. or something like that. And you're like, okay, well, this is getting crazy. And also Dalton appears to be breaking the fourth wall because Dalton seems to be aware of what music is playing yes. like around him and that kind of thing, which is awesome. That was pretty funny. This, this is just the best anime ever. <laughs> and now you're impre- imprisoned in the black, the, 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 bir- the Blackbird, the, the giant airship. Without any of your items, and you're mm-hmm. going through the ducks, which mm-hmm. was interesting. Not the least because I th- I was terrified that I had screwed up to the point that I couldn't win. Oh, it's one of those like when you have those moments, you're like, oh, I've screwed everything up, even though you're doing you're doing everything just right. Well, the problem was that so I'm going through the ducks, and then I exit, and I run into like a room with like ten of the villains or something. Mm-hmm. Well, Ayla was strong enough that she was able to take like all of them out. Right, because she has the she doesn't use any weapons. She's like bare-fisted. Yeah, so she just punches everybody until they're dead. But she's <laughs> down to like sixty HP. Mm-hmm. And then I'm like, oh, crap! I can't heal myself, and I can't beat any of these guys. Do I need to beat guys to be able to get my gear? Well, it turns out that no, you don't have to because mm-hmm. if you choose somebody who doesn't have a weapon, there is a way to get gear. Mm-hmm. The problem is that you get the gear for her. And yeah, okay, she has her gear back, but she doesn't get her HP back. Right. And it didn't occur to me that I could heal her. <laughs> but thankfully, so I'm like going, whoa, what do I do? What do I do? Like, of course, I could just heal her using her techniques because she has a healing spell. But She does. Um, instead, I just 
<laughs> I went and punched an enemy so hard that they died immediately. And then I was <laughs> able to get my second set of gear. And then I was okay. Everything worked. Yay. Everything worked out in the end. It was a bit yeah, of a gong but show, but it worked. I got all of my stuff back and I'm like, oh, okay, I'm all good. Um, Dalton's able to fix up the, the time glider, the Eon or whatever, the Epoch. Epoch. And he's flying away. Oh, by the way, I love the Epoch. What a great little airship. It's uh, cute, it's, isn't it? It might be my favorite, actually. <laughs> Has a great theme song, too. This game is just Final Fantasy. It's Final Fantasy by any other name. You mm-hmm. should just call it Final Fantasy. Final. This should have been the original Final Fantasy VII, but I'm glad it's called Chrono Trigger. Indeed. Uh, so, yeah, now you're fighting Dalton in the Epoch, but like after like one hit, Dalton like goes, ha-ha, now I'm going to summon something, ah, and he goes into the, the slime <laughs> gate. That's right, because if I'm not mistaken, you go up against another freaking golem, except this one, like, you don't even have to win because it's scared of heights, so it just kind of waits out the battle and then flees. And then when there's golem- another one, yes, you have to find another one. Yeah, and it's like summons a golem, and the golem's like, oh, "I'm afraid of heights." Ah! And he runs away. And then when Dalton tries to summon the golem to fight for him, there's an empty portal, and he just gets sucked into it. And he something might happen to him in Chrono Cross. I can't remember if they followed up on him. I think they did, but I can't remember how. This isn't the story that's like that serves as the impetus for all of Chrono Cross, is it? Because I remember there was like one random little thread that serves as the impetus for Chrono Cross. Yeah, have I hit that yet? Is that a side quest? Um, how far are you? Like, you have you just finished the Blackbird? Okay, so I finished the Blackbird, got the Epoch back, uh, went uh, went to the future, mm-hmm. um, but they were like, we in order to get to uh, Death Peak, you need oh. to be able to have a doll mm-hmm. of Chrono with you for some reason. Well, basically. <laughs> To revive him, uh, you have to put something in his place so that Lavos can kill that instead and it won't frig up the timeline. Let's just say that. (laughs) Oh, okay. That makes sense. So, yeah. So I had, so there's this guy in the present day who's making these dolls. So I have to go back and get that, which Mm -hmm. I did. Yay. It was kind of annoying, but like this dumb little mini game. I don't, yeah. I don't know. It struck me as a little bit of extra busy work. Yeah. That was like the, the mimic game. That kind of sucked. They were like, oh, we're kind of patting this thing out. I, I don't even know what's going on. Um, <laughs> yeah, so, okay, so uh, padding aside, <laughs> um, I, I got the doll now, and I'm ready to go to Death's Peak and get Chrono. Though, from the sound of it, I can beat the game without getting Chrono, and you that's can. a different ending. You can, one of many endings. But getting Chrono back is, is one of my favorite uh, part to the game. Just I love that that whole dungeon, the Death Peak. It's so it just has like this this atmosphere you won't find anywhere else, especially towards the end. Bring. Do you use uh, Marl at all, Marley? Yeah, I've been using Marl, but um, it was the Chrono Frog and Marl uh, combo. Mm-hmm. But then after a while, I found that Chrono Robo and Aya were a better yeah. fit for me personally. But you should bring uh, Marley up to the peak because it's really cute when you do. Okay, I will. And um, But I will say what you were talking about uh, with Chrono Cross. Yes, Chrono Cross is based on what happened to Shala after um, she after you leave her at the bottom of the Ocean Palace. And if you were actually playing the DS version of the game, you can see what happened to her because they kind of threw in a an, another battle that ties everything together in, in a way. Um, 
Chrono Cross, as I have said before, is it's a fantastic game. I love it, but as a sequel to Chrono Trigger, I'm not that fond of it because you know how Chrono Trigger already, you should know, has like this very yes, it has serious themes, but it has a very you know joyous sort of happy tone to it as well. And Chrono Cross just kind of uh, it just kind of it kills gets everyone. It does, yeah. Yeah, and- I stopped that game right around the time that. The main character switches places with the enemy or the bad guy. Yeah, that's attacked. another thing. Like Chrono Trigger, it has like a bit of a convoluted story, but it makes sense. Like it's very, it's it's simple, but it's enjoyable. Um, Chrono Cross, I I don't know what the hell is going on most of the time, and that that's one of the things. Yeah, like uh, what's his name, Surge, uh, changes places with Links, and for some reason, I for, I totally forget why. <laughs> I just know the music rocks, and it's a fun game, and. It's one of those games I play every every so often to try to remember the story, and as soon as I finish playing, I forget the story. <laughs> one of the greatest soundtracks of all time. Oh, fantastic. Just beautiful. The, the spirit of Jeremy Parrish is shaking his head in disappointment right now that we're bad-mouthing Chrono Cross on this podcast. Oh, he totally is. I can feel him his like gaze boring down on me. He he, Right now, he's shuddering. He doesn't even know why. <laughs> yeah, I can imagine a whole bunch of our listeners are, too. But if you, if you want to defend Chrono Cross to me, drop me a line at usgamer at usgamer.net. Yeah, but. like you don't have to defend it to me. I, I I love it, but like I just don't think it. It's story wise, it's a good follow up to Chrono Trigger. Hmm. Yeah. Well, uh, maybe Chrono Trigger as a story stands up well enough on on its own, and we don't have to like particularly worry about say having a remake. Yeah. That there's that, and there's the fact that you're talking to me, and I remember the story very well. But like I said, Chrono Cross, you try to tell me that story, I don't remember a damn thing about it. <laughs> There's also Radical Dreamers, which I, I guess adds on quite a bit to the Chrono Trigger story. Yeah, that ha- that's, it's more of a Chrono, it leans more heavily towards the Chrono Cross content than it does the Chrono Trigger content, but I played some of that because it has been translated, uh, but I, um, I just didn't like it. I didn't finish it. So uh, I'm, I'm getting pretty close. I, I guess I gotta go do Death's Peak, and then that opens up a whole bunch of side quests. Should I yes. should I do the side quests before I finish the game, or should I leave that for a new game plus? I would definitely do the side quests. Uh, it's the best way to get the best ending, and it it I mean the the final dungeon, as it were, is quite difficult. So you would want that experience that you get from the the quests. Okay, fair enough. The Black Omen is that what it is? The, the, the big thing that is now whole, hanging over all of the time periods. Yeah, and it's fantastic how you go to like your mom and in the present day, and she's like, "Oh, doesn't the Black Omen look beautiful?" And it, it, you think about it, it's like, "Oh, it's been there since the beginning of time." Of course, she knows what the hell it is. <laughs> wow. Oh man, that's that's messed up. I love it. It's totally messed up, but it's great because it's just like, "What the hell are you saying?" And then, "Oh, wait a minute, this stupid thing's been here since since the day you were born." Of course, you know what it is. <laughs> As far as you know, have wow. you have you gone to the future yet and tried to enter the Black Omen? Because that's pretty that's pretty freaky. No, I haven't actually. Well, just but like maybe I, I should try that. Definitely try it. I won't spoil too much, but just you know, the, the, you meet the queen there. And she's like, "Yeah, Lavis is already one in this timeline. What are you doing here?" And you try to go in. It's locked. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I gotta say that Lavos is pretty freaky. Um, mm-hmm. He's a horrible like spider like how do i even describe him like i think uh tv tropes would call him a starfish alien from beyond time that's a good way to describe him he's very lovecraftian definitely yeah like so seeing him like this horrible construct thing right behind the queen like yeah (laughs) with a big eye staring right into you 
Mm-hmm. And uh, totally takes out Chrono. One thing that's uh, really interesting about Chrono Trigger is um, there are like different levels to to, to Lavos, and uh, to beat him from that original form to his final form takes a lot of time and effort. But there are ways you can kind of, you know, do shortcuts and take out like you can basically crash the epoch into him, and and take out his first form easy enough. But uh, yeah, he's he is not an easy foe to take down. He he, he takes a lot of stamina. Square Enix and their love of multiple uh, multiple forms. Oh God, yes. Uh, definitely started to come into fruition circa Final Fantasy VI slash uh, Chrono Trigger. Uh-huh. Uh huh. I'd say definitely Chrono Tri- more so Chrono Trigger than Final Fantasy VI. But you'll see. Well, uh, last note, I finally, after all these years, I did not know what the term Chrono Trigger actually referred to. Apparently, apparently it's a thing. It's, it's, <laughs> it's an actual egg. thing. It's the time it's egg. It's a time egg, which they called the Chrono Trigger, um, which I was like, oh, okay, cool. That's in the name. They said the thing. And I guess it can change something in time. So I'm curious to see what that is. Yeah, I think you'll like the the, the dungeon coming up. All right. So... I'm gonna I'm gonna make a push and try to finish this up for the next episode. And Ooh. if we can, things can work out. Maybe we can like do a joint Persona Four and Chrono Trigger ending. Oh, that sounds good. That's a yeah. good way to fill in the uh, the dry gap. Yes, exactly. And then, bam! It'll be right about time for E3. Woo! All right, Nadia, as always, we have responses to last week's episode. And this one is from Sean Kinley or Sean Kindly, who is Kadrum on USG. He says, hey, Kat, I heard your thoughts on FF12 in the last pod. I wanted to share mine, too. I was one of the minority who loved FF12 when it originally came out, but I think I already had the right perspective on it. For one, I was already a card-carrying Matsuno fanboy and was eager to return <laughs> to Ivalice again. But I also had already been playing FF11 for a few years. And Mm -hmm. as you mentioned on the podcast, FF12 sort of plays like an offline MMO. Setting up party members to fulfill certain roles with their gamuts was a lot like building a good leveling party comp in FF11. Fun fact, the developers of FF14 have said that they use a modified version of the gambit system to script their raid encounters. Oh. They also play similarly, using buffs and debuffs like Slow and Blind, which are usually worthless in traditional FFs, are mm-hmm. effective and important in the MMO FFs, and they are in FF12 too. I encourage you to keep playing it. I know you sometimes focus on the critical path on RPGs, but you should definitely keep up with the mark hunting quest, because the hunts end up being the best fights in the game, and are more memorable to me than the main storyline, which unfortunately gets a bit aimless toward the end. <laughs> I blame Matsuno leaving. Love the site and the show. Keep up the good work. Thank you, Sean. I will definitely do that. Um, I uh, So there are hunts in Final Fantasy XV as well, and I was trying mm-hmm. to do as many of them as possible. There was one thing that, okay, there are a few things that I would criticize Final Fantasy XV for, but one of the things that kind of disappointed me was that there was nothing on the level of how awesome that behemoth hunt was. Yeah, that was pretty incredible, and everything else is a little bit rinky-dink in comparison. Yeah, because all the other hunts were, you know, your typical MMO hunt, right? Yeah, to be honest, I don't think I took on too many after the behemoth. Yeah, go kill this thing. But the behemoth, like, it was atmospheric, like, the behemoth in the mists. In the mist, and and 
He'd like he's sticking his eye out. Like, oh my god, it's the yeah, right there. Oh my god, it's so <laughs> scary. Yeah, that was awesome. So I, I was like legitimately disappointed that there was nothing kind of on that level. But I did keep doing the hunts just because. I mean, sometimes it could be a nice break, and mm-hmm. usually it gives you a, like really good rewards to do that kind of stuff. So. That's true. It does. But uh, you're right. I'm just thinking back to the behemoth hunt and how like I would follow like the tail swinging in the mist, and it was just it was just incredible. Yes, it was so good. Um, in terms of the story getting uh, a bit aimless, um, this is kind of a common sentiment, which a lot of people blame on Kawazu, um, who <laughs> uh, took over after uh, Matsuno departed mm-hmm. and kind of put his own personal stamp on it, which is known for being interesting. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I think we talked a bit about that last time, didn't we? He like he's kind of known for wacky storylines. Yes, he's well, he's known for being a bit over the top. Mm-hmm. Um, so, in any case, uh, one more. Th- this is a question directly for us, Nadia. Oh it's from Ein Brown, and Ein sent this email uh, a couple weeks ago. But Ein wants to know: Do you have any RPGs where you have preferences on the way you like to play, or strategies you find valuable? viable but would you find yourself rebelling against popular opinion for example you maybe have a character in ff6 that you like to use that everybody hates or a weapon playstyle in dark souls that you found effective but people rag on for being bad and so on hmm. so yes. this is what i will say um in pokemon i do that a lot i bet you do <laughs> which is funny because people are like oh cat's like the definition of metagaming right like mm. she's She's only raising up the the powerful and popular Pokemon, but when I am playing Pokemon, I go out of my way to only play with my favorites. I will not mm-hmm. use a Pokemon that is powerful if I do not like it. I As agree. As a consequence, I never used Blissey for many, many years. <laughs> Blissey is a big egg-shaped pink thing who is a evolution of Chansey mm-hmm. and has just absurd, absurd special uh, defense. Yeah. And I found her so boring. I just did not like playing with her. I found her design ugly. Would not yeah. use her. And no, as I a consequence, totally understand. I had to find other, uh, I had to find other party cops. Let's just say that. <laughs> well, unlike you, like I, I have the same uh, feeling on Pokemon, but uh, unlike you, I don't battle in any competitive fields at all so i it doesn't matter if i have like a party full of dragons and nothing else (laughs) because Mm -hmm. the single player game is so easy but for unpopular opinions and classic rpgs i would go with uh final fantasy 6 i used to use gao all the freaking time and everyone hates gao and i would like go on the veldt and i would try to recruit one particular monster and that was the pterodon because it had fireball and once you had that, the world of balance was pretty much gone, like, yours. He, you, he could beat anything. And I forgot what monster I would try to recruit in, in the world of Ruin, but uh, the point is, everyone hates Gao. They only use him for, like, um, I, I think it's called Wind God Gao. It's like a, a certain setup you can do that I've never done. Um, and I also, I hated using Realm. I never used Realm. And everyone just totally flips out over Realm, because, not not because we're sketch ability which can totally destroy the game but um because she has insanely high magic attack 
So, but I didn't like her. She was a brat. <laughs> so I never <laughs> used her. I never used her either because I didn't, I mean, when I played Final Fantasy VI back in the day, I didn't really understand the mechanic. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the, the, the sketch, sketch mechanic? mechanic was kind of kind of an advanced mechanic, right? Mm-hmm. It's used to, it's basically Blue Mage, right? Like yeah. you're, you're copying the enemy abilities. Um, no, it's, I think it's a Pictomancer or something like that. Uh, okay. But there was a Blue Mage. Strago was a Blue Mage, but yeah, I see what you mean. Oh, my mistake. Uh, turning in my RPG fan like, right now. hard right now. I just remember not really understanding what Sketch was all about. Yeah. So I never used it. I I think I used, you know, the, the people that you would expect, Shadow and mm-hmm. Sabin and um, um, Edgar and that kind of thing. So I used Mog a lot. Yeah? Yeah, because Mog, uh, if you recruit him in the World of Balance, he has a lot of HP, and I found that handy. Um, of course, dances are, are kind of iffy. They always work if you use them in the terrain you find them, but if you use them outside of the terrain they're meant for, like if you try to use the cave dance in the, in the, in the grassland, it might fail. But if it doesn't fail, it, uh, you can have some pretty powerful attacks. But basically I liked Mog because he was cute and he had a lot of HP. I, I think that's the thing with um, FF6, right? Like, mm-hmm. If you're playing for the first time, like you have these characters who are pretty intuitive and you can play around with and have a good time, but... And probably finish the game in relatively short order. But if you are a hardcore RPG fan, you can go back and pick up some of the weirdo characters. <laughs> so many of them, and Mog is definitely one of them. And then when you or um or and, and when you finish the game, you're like, yeah, I'm so awesome. Look at me. I, I totally beat the game with um with Mog. <laughs> <laughs> Team Airship. The guys who lose should hang out on the airship. <laughs> Oh my god, that game had so many characters. It that really is a did. game I really want to go back to. And, I, you know, if I go back to it, man, I really want these games on the Switch so that I can, like, choose any time to either play it on that big, beautiful screen or yeah. play it on my TV. Yeah, and like I said in my, I have a guide on US Gamer, that's, you know, versions of Final Fantasy you can pick up for each uh, installment. And Six is one of those games that uh, should have been redone better, but hasn't yet. Um, all you really have is the SNES uh, version on the virtual console, or you can get the really ugly-looking iOS slash Steam versions. And I'd really like to see a proper like remake for the Switch. Hmm, a proper remake of Final Fantasy VI. Yes, like kind of like how you have uh, Final Fantasy IV, the complete collection. Like you have these really nicely redrawn oh. sprites, not like the uh. ugly Vaseline sprites. I think the thing is that Final Fantasy VI already had such good sprites and looks so nice that any mm-hmm. update to the art might not actually be that great. It might actually be a step back, um, which we saw with the iOS games. So maybe, but uh, I don't know. I feel like the uh, I feel like it could just be redrawn a little better either way. Maybe like HD sprites. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, well, good luck with that. That's Man, not going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> SquareSoft deals and dreams these days. Not so much solid releases. I was just thinking more like, I, I don't want to come off as like a snob against portable machines because God knows I beat Persona 4 Golden on the PS Vita and I loved it. Maybe one of the reasons that I haven't been getting as much time into Persona 5 as I would like is because I haven't wanted to play it on my TV. And yes, I know that there's Vita remote play, but I haven't really gotten around to that. Yeah. Um, I'm just used to the idea of playing those kinds of games on my handheld. But mm-hmm. when I'm looking at Chrono Trigger... Like, I keep, like, going, oh, God, I really want to play this on a TV because this story is so epic and Mm -hmm. so much fun and the music is so great and everything that I really want to just experience it on the big screen, as it were. You can. 
get it on virtual console. Yeah, I totally can get it on virtual console and I I might actually do that. Um but if I ever do that, like I I might restart the game and do it that way, but I would want to do the same for Final Fantasy 6. Like mm-hmm. I would if I ever go back to it, I would not play it on the GBA, not the least because of the sound chip issue. Mm-hmm. I would try and go out of my way to play it on the TV and just appreciate it that way. Yeah. Yeah, that sounds good to me. Final Fantasy mm-hmm. 6 in all forms is good to me. Indeed. And with that, on that note, the Acts of Blood God is a US Gamer podcast. Find us on iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever podcasts are sold. Subscribe to us, rate us, review us. Please, If you ha- if you like the show... Leave us a nice review, especially on Stitcher, which we would like to get more visibility on. But I mean, we'll take a positive review anywhere we can get it. Um, we love hearing from you guys. Yes, please. We love hearing um, when you like the podcast. Um, many ways to follow us. Follow us, uh, me on Twitter at the underscore catbot. Follow Nadia on Twitter at Nadia Oxford. And of course, follow US Gamer on all of the social media channels. US GamerNet would be on Twitter and the Facebook. And we've been doing more streams lately. Mm-hmm, Mike we have. Is, Mike is doing a stream every Friday at 1.30 p.m. East, no, 1.30 p.m. Pacific, 4.30 p.m. Eastern. Oh, I can never yeah, remember that's... your stupid time zone. Not <laughs> you mean the, the best time zone, the prime time zone? Oh, my God. The beast zone? <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. Uh, check into that. We stream every friday on twitch.tv slash us gamer net the last time we did a impromptu overwatch anniversary stream which was pretty fun and i don't know we might get into stuff like i don't know it might be fun to do a mario kart race uh tomorrow oh that'd be fun uh i think i still need the code for that one what um see i got nadia um i got nadia a copy of mario kart because i'm like Thanks for the good work, Maria. Uh, Nadia. <laughs> My name's Mario now. Maria. Hey, Nadia, thanks for the good work. Um, I, I Normally, giving a game journalist to game is kind of lame because we all get games, like so many freaking games. But um, I was like, nah, here's a code from Mario Kart 8. Please, please come and enjoy it with us. But of course, I have forgotten to give it to her. So I'm going to do that literally as soon as I finish this <laughs> podcast. The power of reminders. And you know that's you know what we're going to try and do in July or possibly the end of June, Nadia. Mm-hmm. I think it's time to do a live Axe of the Blood God. That would be a lot of fun. I'm definitely looking forward to that. Yeah, I think we should do that. I think you should all come on here, hang out with us while we talk about RPGs. Um, I'm open to suggestions for topics mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. in terms of what we can do for that. But. Yeah, uh, I, I think it's time to stream a live Acts of the Blood God. Which We're going to hang. Gonna, we're going to hang out with all of y'all. So come and join us for that. And then later on, maybe Nadia and I will stream Div- uh, Divinity Original Sin 2. Because it just seems like the perfect kind of game for the two of us to play. It's a co-op game, for God's sake. Yeah, I- I'm down for it. Co-op RPG. Let's go. But... Until then, I've been Kat Bailey, and for Nadia and myself, thanks for listening. We'll be back next week with more RPG goodness. Until then, happy adventuring.